0: 8K news
1: It's one o'clock, I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, the government rules out recruiting doctors from overseas while a medical sector lawmaker calls on the hospital authority to say how it plans to fix its staffing crisis. The chief executive says she's sticking to her guns over controversial changes to elderly social welfare. Beijing speeds up work on a law banning forced technology transfers as it seeks to defuse trade war tensions. And British MPs back a plan by the Prime Minister to renegotiate Brexit with the EU. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam says it's not the right time to discuss whether to import foreign doctors to ease staffing shortages at public hospitals. She was responding to a question from Liberal Party leader Felix Chung. Attention has been focused on staffing levels in recent weeks because many hospitals have been overwhelmed by demand from flu patients. The government yesterday said it was injecting an extra $500 million into the public health care sector to deal with rising demand. Experts have warned of a surge over Lunar New Year when many clinics closed down. Separately, a pharmacist group says the government hasn't been making good use of available resources in the battle against influenza and related complications. The Hong Kong Academy of Pharmacy says it's writing to Chief Executive Carrie Lam to tell her that certified pharmacists can also help with flu vaccination outreach programmes. It also calls on the government to ease restrictions on who can get subsidised pneumococcal vaccinations. Iris Chang is the Academy's president. So, for example, the policy now is to use the pneumococcal vaccine subsidy. You have to be age 65 and you have high-risk conditions like diabetes, heart conditions, or immunocompromised. While the flu vaccine, anyone over age 50 can receive it. But actually, the people who have no high-risk diseases, they are as vulnerable as the people that have the disease once they have the flu. Lawmaker Joseph Lee says the hospital authority should come up with a clear and transparent plan on how to use the $500 million emergency funding from the government. He blamed the chaotic situation in public hospitals this flu season on the authority's ineffective use of last year's emergency funds, saying it hasn't learned from past experience. Professor Lee chairs the Association of Hong Kong Nursing Staff. The
0: hospital authority should openly and... Transparently work our detailed roadmap and timeline that is on how to use this extra 500 million to number one, alleviate the um, person situation, number two, I try to sustain the nursing standard care in the public hospital, and number three, try to retain talents and to increase the critical supervision of the nurses. And number four is try to rectify those ineffective and chaotic management and administrative policy within the hospital authority. Lastly, try to replace and update all the medical equipment in the clinical areas.
1: The chief executive Carrie Lam has again refused to withdraw a controversial policy to raise the age for elderly welfare from sixty to sixty-five saying it's part of a wider population policy that, in her words, has received widespread public support. The Democratic Party's Roy Kwong says if she pushes ahead with policy change, history will remember her as someone who bullied old people. The lawmaker spoke through an interpreter.
0: Chief Executive, why can't you be more modest at this moment? There has been a request across the political spectrum for you to scrap the plan. If you could suspend the deduction of $200 in the payment of CSSA, why can't you scrap the whole plan? You may not listen to the people because you do not have public mandate. If you still want to go ahead, I think that it will be put on record that, Carrie Lamb, you are bullying the elderly.
1: Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou has appeared before a Vancouver court for a review of her bail a day after the U.S. unveiled charges against her and her company. The judge moved the start of her extradition hearing back one month to March the 6th. Two people have been killed in the Philippine city of Zamboanga after a grenade was thrown into a mosque where they were sleeping. At least four other people were injured. Here's the BBC's Howard Johnson in Manila. According to an initial police report, an unidentified suspect turned off a nearby street light then threw a grenade into the mosque where religious leaders were resting. Both the church and mosque attacks come a week after voters in the Muslim-majority area overwhelmingly approved the creation of a Bangsamoro autonomous region, which aims to give people their greater self-determination in return for the laying down of arms. It's widely believed that separatist fighters not involved in the deal could be attempting to destabilise the peace process. A second vote will be held on February the 6th to determine which provinces join the new autonomous region. The National People's Congress will vote in March on a new foreign investment law that will ban forced technology transfers and illegal government interference in foreign business practices as Beijing rushes to meet Washington's demands in order to de-escalate their trade war. The new timetable unveiled by Xinhua News Agency suggests that Beijing is speeding up a legislative process that would normally take a year or more. The move comes after the National People's Congress Standing Committee convened a special two-day session this week to conduct a second review of the draft law. Once adopted, the new law will replace three existing laws that regulate joint ventures and wholly foreign-owned enterprises. British MPs have backed a plan by the Prime Minister, Theresa May, to renegotiate the Brexit deal she agreed last November with the European Union. They voted in favour of a proposal to find another way of avoiding a return to a hard border in Ireland instead of what's known as the backstop. Mrs May welcomed the move and said she would now seek legally binding changes to the withdrawal agreement. There is limited appetite for such a change in the EU and negotiating it will not be easy. But in contrast to a fortnight ago, this House has made it clear what it needs to approve a withdrawal agreement. The former Foreign Secretary and leading Brexit supporter, Boris Johnson, welcomed her pledge. Actually, what you saw today was something really rather wonderful, which was my party, the Conservative Party, who had Leavers and Remainers trooping through the same lobby with the same objective, which is to get a better deal Britain. And we are mandating Theresa May to go and get that. And, And believe me, she can. In Brussels, the European Union responded by again insisting the Brexit deal wasn't open for renegotiation. US intelligence chiefs in their annual assessment of national security threats have concluded that North Korea is unlikely to give up its nuclear weapons and that Iran isn't actively seeking to build them. The report directly contradicts assertions by President Trump about both countries. The Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coates, announced its findings to the Senate Intelligence Committee. Kim Jong-un continues to demonstrate openness to the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Having said that, we currently assess that North Korea will seek to retain its WMD capabilities and is unlikely to completely give up its nuclear weapons and production capabilities because its leaders ultimately view nuclear weapons as critical to regime survival. The assessment makes no specific reference to Central American migrants being a threat. Mr. Coates also said Islamic State still commands thousands of fighters in Iraq, Syria and elsewhere in the world. Mr. Trump had said Islamic State was defeated. The former political advisor to President Trump, Roger Stone, has appeared in court in Washington to face seven criminal counts, including making false statements to Congress and witness tampering. He's the sixth presidential aide to be charged in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into connections between Russia and Donald Trump's election campaign. Here's the BBC's Rajini Vadyanathan.
0: What we do know from inside the court is that Roger Stone, uh, his lawyer, uh, on behalf of his client, said that Roger Stone pleads not guilty to all of those charges. Now, that is not a surprise. When he made that court appearance in Florida uh, on Friday, he emerged from the courtroom very defiant. Now, what we know is that he is due to appear in court again for what's known as a status hearing on the 1st of February. Um, But Roger Stone definitely maintaining his innocence around these seven charges.
1: Venezuela's Attorney General has asked the Supreme Court to bar the opposition leader, Juan Guaido, from leaving the country. He's also requested that Mr Guaido's bank account be frozen. The move comes after Mr Guaido defended his decision last week to declare himself interim president. We either accept domination, total oppression and torture, or we choose freedom, democracy and prosperity. They are killing young people as they try to return home. 40 people in just one week. 170 people were killed in 2017 and nearly 80 in 2014. This is Nicola Maduro's regime. The American singer James Ingram has died. He was 66. The cause of death hasn't been revealed, but US media report that he had brain cancer. The BBC's Colin Patterson looks back at the R&B star's life. With his soulful baritone voice, James Ingram was a 1980s chart regular, often singing duets. Yammo Be There with Michael McDonald won him a Grammy. The theme from An American Tale, Somewhere Out There with Linda Ronstadt, took him into the UK top 10. As a songwriter, he received back to back Oscar nominations in the 1990s. His best known composition, though, was PYT from Michael Jackson's *Thriller*. Shares in Apple have risen in after-hours trading, despite figures for the last three months confirming a sharp slowdown in sales in China. Investors were relieved that profits appeared to have remained firm at 20 billion US dollars Here's the BBC's St- Dave Lee. It's Apple's worst quarterly earnings for years, but that's not to say investors won't be mildly relieved. After the firm's warning earlier this month that it would fall below expectations in what is typically its blockbuster quarter, investors were well prepared for bad news. Much of it came from China, where sales were down 27% compared to this time last year. That was somewhat balanced out by good news from other parts of Apple's business, like payments, entertainment and wearable devices. Apple is transitioning slowly into a different type of company that isn't so reliant on the iPhone, and these numbers appear to suggest that transition is going rather well. A spinning vortex of very cold air known as a polar vortex is expected to bring potentially life-threatening low temperatures to parts of the United States this week. Forecasters are are predicting the deepest freeze in decades, with temperatures reaching minus 30 degrees Celsius in the Midwest. Finance now, and the currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 100.36 yen, the euro is 1 U.S. dollar, 14 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 25 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,596, 65 points up on the previous close. And the turnover stands at 54 billion dollars. With sports, here's Adam Chung.
2: Manchester City have lost ground in the English Premier League title chase after a 2-1 defeat away to Newcastle. It means the leaders Liverpool can go seven points clear if they beat Leicester tonight. The BBC's Betty Glover rounds up the action.
0: Manchester City couldn't have got off to a better start against Newcastle with Sergio Aguero opening the scoring after just 24 seconds. But Newcastle took advantage of two defensive lapses to score twice in the second half to win 2-1. Salomon Rondon in the 66th minute and Matt Ritchie from the penalty spot, a turning point in their battle against relegation and a turning point in the title race. Elsewhere, for the first time under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Manchester United have failed to win, but they came from 2-0 down to maintain their 100% record. They managed to snatch a point from Burnley in a two-all draw. Fulham staged a remarkable comeback from two goals down in half-time to beat Brighton 4-2 at Craven Cottage. Arsenal secured a hard-fought 2-1 win over Cardiff on an emotional night at the Emirates as Cardiff played for the first time since the disappearance of striker Emiliano Sala. Jan Sievert's first game as Huddersfield manager ended in defeat as Richarlison scored the only goal of the game for Everton while Wolves beat West Ham 3-0.
2: In Spain, Valencia are remarkably heading to the semi-finals of the Copa del Rey after turning the table on Hatafe. Rodrigo scored a hat-trick, including two in added time, as Valencia overcame a 1-0 first leg deficit to win 3-1 on the night, 3-2 on aggregate. In Italy, AC Milan are through to the semi finals of the Coppa Italia. Christoph Piatek marked his first start for the club by scoring both goals as they beat Napoli 2 0. Next to the Asian Cup, where Qatar are through to the final after smashing the host UAE in the second semi final in Abu Dhabi. Qatar scored twice in each half and they came away 4-0 winners with four different players making the score sheet. Here's their coach Felix Sanchez-Baz.
1: Of course this it's a, a big game for the, for the region and of course for us uh, it was the semi-final, first time we play against the uh, host Nation. Uh, as a derby, because at the end is like this, so for us it was a big achievement, very good, very good performance, and the result is is the one that we you, you, well deserve, and uh, and we are quite quite happy about about it. It was a, a
0: great game for us.
2: Qatar will be playing in their first ever Asian Cup final. Their opponents, Japan, will be going for a record-extending fifth title. The championship match will be played Friday in Abu Dhabi. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government rules out recruiting
1: doctors from overseas to fix the staffing crisis. The chief executive says she's sticking to her guns over controversial changes to elderly social welfare and Beijing speeds up work on a law banning forced technology transfers. The news from RTHK.